0: We're gonna get ready to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. We like to do something special before we get into God's presence. That is testify. We got Brother Jose Riesco right over here to my right. He's gonna come up and testify. One of our college students. Amen. Let's give it a hand.
1: All right, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Um, just a quick testimony of how powerful prayer is, you know, and how God uses prayer. Okay, so. My prayer, God used my prayer, and I'm sure many others, to bring my mother home to Jesus and my brother to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Clap. Clap it up. Come on. You know, and I I claim that my father and my sister will come to Jesus. Come on. I I know it. Come on. And that's that's the power of prayer. And it wasn't just my prayer. And then I remember talking to my aunt because she was ministering to me for uh, every day before work I would talk to her. And she's like, well, it wasn't just you. I prayed for you. I prayed that someone in your house would read that Bible. And she said because she was faithful and because her and my uncle were faithful, you know, that God answered the, her prayers, and I opened that Bible. You know, and I opened that Bible, and I was curious, and I came to Jesus. So, I mean, it's like we're all uh, intertwined. It's a web, and God allows us to be a part of that with, with prayer. And the scripture that came, um, came to me yesterday was James 5.16, powerful. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's, that's, that's powerful right there. Uh, we're just going to bow our heads. and, um, Lord, we just thank you for prayer. We thank you for giving us prayer, for allowing us to fellowship with you through prayer, God. And I just pray that you bless the, the worship, that the worship alone will bring people to Jesus, God. And I just pray for prayer warriors, God. And bless the worship and bless the words that come out of Pastor's mouth in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Come give him some praise here today. Come on, put your hands together. sing it in your life in your life i find my strength in your truth as I
3: overcome in your praise as I lose myself we're in your love you turn my tears of sadness into such joy and gladness. My heart can't keep it in. I'm shouting, I'm shouting. You turn my tears of sadness into such joy and gladness. My heart can't keep it and I'm shouting. Lift up a shout of praise. Sing in your joy. In your joy, I find my strength. And in your hope, as I overcome, and in your grace, as I lose myself in your life. You turn my tears of sadness. Into such joy and gladness, but my heart can't keep it in, I'm shouting, I'm shouting. You turn my tears of sadness into such joy. My heart, my heart can't keep it in, I'm shouting, I'm shouting. and every voice, help me sing it. joy my heart. my heart can't keep it and I'm shouting shouting you turn my tears of sadness into such joy and gladness but my heart can't keep it and i shouting
2: hallelujah isn't god good amen amen this is the house of the lord and we're excited that god is alive he's not dead amen we're excited that his power is in this place his spirit's in this place amen come on look to your neighbor and tell him are you excited for god to be in this place come on As good customary Pentecostal tradition, we like to shout, Uh, we like to dance, we like to lift our hands, and uh, we just encourage you in this place, just feel free. Our house is your house. We we have some here from uh, other churches, first time here. Our house is your house, and we just wanna worship the Lord here, amen. We wanna put everything aside and say, man, God, you're worthy of our praise, amen. And so this next song is talking just about that. Welcome you with praise. You know, in the Bible, when Jesus was coming back into Jerusalem, you know, they put palm branches down and and they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And did you know that right now there are angels that fly around the throne and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's praise going on 24-7 all the time to God. and, And we get to be a part of that. Amen. Come on, let's just close our eyes. And and right now, let's just thank the Lord that he invites us into this place of praise. God, we thank you that you invite us into this place of praise. The one true God, you invite us to worship. And that you receive our worship, God. You don't need it, but that you receive our worship, God. We honor you. We praise you. We are here for you. Send your breath. Let your breath come from heaven.
3: Fill our hearts with your love. Yes, we are here for you. Oh. Yes, we are here for you. Come on, sing, let your word. let your word move in power. Let what's dead come to life. Yes, we are here for you. I'm for you, oh sing to you, to you our hearts are open, when nothing here is telling you from one desire, and you alone are holy, and only you are worthy, God, let your fire fall But to you our hearts are open Nothing here is said you are our one desire And you alone are holy Tell me you are worthy God, let your fire fall down Let it fall Let it fall all over this house God let it fall we welcome you with praise we welcome you with praise It's just lift him voice come on give him your praise hallelujah lord oh to you alone to you alone oh no one else receives my praise just you jesus you, lord. Come sing to you to you all. Take hey.
2: Everything within us, Lord, we give back to you, we give back to you, our hopes, our futures, God, oh, Lord, our families, our jobs, our situations, our shortcomings, our success, we give back to you.
3: Lord, if you're filled with the Spirit, just begin to allow the Spirit to move. Lord, Sing and sing honor and glory and power. Sing the sing and honor and glory and power. Sing the sing and honor and glory and power.
2: Hallelujah, 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 Come on, if you feel like you have a word from the Lord here tonight to edify the body of Christ. This morning, we're just going to give time for the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us using the body. Was a word from you. Come on, just uh, I just encourage you in this place. God is here. God is here. Come on, just place your hand over your heart with me here today. If you've been running from the Lord, indeed, or thoughts, come on, or maybe from ministry, God has called you to the ministry, God has called you to be used of Him to build His kingdom, and you're just ignoring Him. You've been running from him, maybe sins in your life, and you just can't worship the Lord like you used to worship him. Come on. Just place your hand over your heart with me. Come on, do the things we did at first. Invite him back in. Lord, come on. This is your heart. This is your temple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. for boldness in these last days god boldness fearless father god to speak your word to live it out god not just in the privacy of our homes god but in our jobs god on the street corners lord father wherever we go god we pray for a boldness god we pray for a power come on holy spirit we ask of you god to empower your church god come on
0: Right now, come on, tell him you're going to be bold and courageous. Tell him you will be with him. Tell him you're going to come with him. right now for the church of Jesus Christ the church of Jesus Christ is going through so much pastors and leaders falling off people falling off doctrine I want you as bodies of believers those that can have prayed before if you don't never prayed in corporate prayer before just agree say yes and amen because it's through the power of prayer that that things change and God's power is manifested we are a Pentecostal believers. We believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's only through the power of the Holy Ghost that people will be transformed and changed. So right now, I just want to lift up every church in the entire world, every nation, every city. God, bring your fire. God, bring your Holy Ghost. God, bring the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. We all... Money say. Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ for those in here that have not accepted Jesus Christ in their heart yet. Like I said, God is up to something. Amen. God is here right now. I feel the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is people in here that have not accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. You say you might believe in him. You probably proclaim him once or twice. But there is not that full relationship. There is not that proclamation and that walk in your life. They say, man, I'm, I'm living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, who died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who is soon to come and judge the world. Who is seated at the right hand of the Father. Come on, this Jesus desires a relationship with you that intercedes in your behalf even today and now for the prayer that we had earlier. God desires all to come to Jesus. God desires all to be saved and not to perish, amen? Now I want to ask you this question for those that have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. How do you stand right with God? How can you stand in the right standards with God? Is it by doing good works? Is it by helping old people cross the streets? Is it by giving food to those who are in need? Is it by clothing the homeless? Is it by saying thank yous and your welcomes? Is it by being polite? Is it by looking good and dressing? Or is it by just coming to church and sitting down and, you know, giving God the respect and the honor? But you don't have Jesus as Lord in your heart. No, it's none of that. I got bad news and good news. It's none of that. That is not going to make you right with God. The only way you can be right with God is confessing Jesus Christ as Lord, believing what he did on the cross for you, him being the son of God, the son of God, incarnated. God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus here to this earth. God came to the rescue for us, knowing that still we were still sinners. He died for us on the cross. I just want to share this scripture in Romans chapter 3. It says that there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Let me tell you, you can can stand right in the right standards in humanity. Do the right things. But let me tell you something. That's good in the human eyes. But what God wants to look at, he wants, he's looking for those who are righteous in him. You can be righteous in the standards of God and the standards of man, I mean, but God is looking to people who will be righteous in him. And now you're probably thinking, how can I be righteous in God? Let me tell you, good news here. This is in Romans 3.21 that the righteousness of God, the righteousness from God, it comes through faith in Jesus Christ. For those, for all who believe. If you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you no longer have to carry the burdens of trying to be the best person. You can be in the human standards. No! You can give that up. All you have to do is believe in Jesus, what He did for you on the cross. Repent of your sin. Ask Him to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Desire that fire. Desire the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right now, I just want to ask you to please stand. God wants you to just simply believe in what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. God just wants to see faith of the size of a mustard seed. And the surrendering heart say, you know what? I'm tired of doing it on my own. I'm tired of carrying, trying to do all these good works. The Bible says that, you know, for you know, this is just an example. The Bible says that for the for the worker, for the worker, okay, that works, the wage is obligated for him. He deserves the wages of his work. It's obligated. But let me tell you what Scripture says: that those who trust in God, have even been wicked, they're count as righteous. You simply have to believe in Jesus. Stop carrying the burden. Jesus says, "Come to me, a hard, tired, and, worry, and I will give you rest." My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Right now, I would like to pray for those that, if we could just bow our heads, close our eyes. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ right now, I just ask you to be courageous to say, yes, Jesus, I believe what you did for me. Pray, Father, God, I just pray for every person in here, those that have not accepted you, Jesus. Come on, saints of God, pray with me. God, because my words come forth, God, but it's your Holy Ghost that does the work, Lord. Oh, God, I ask that you would just humble their hearts. Oh, Lord, they will see the pride in their heart, that they will say, I don't want this anymore. I want to be righteous in Christ. I want to be right and with God, not with human, not with the human's eyes. God, we give you thanks for you then across. cross. I just ask, Father God, that you will move the hearts of those that don't have you, those that don't have you this morning, Lord, moving them, God, moving them, Jesus, to say, Jesus is my Lord. I repent of the sins and receive a born again life in Jesus' name. Everybody, say Amen. And I want to welcome you right now. If, you, if that's you that you want to, you want to accept Jesus Christ. We have Pastor Griselle, my wife, and brother um, Rudy to my right. They want to pray with you. Amen. They want to give you, you know, help you, you know, to accept Jesus Christ and we want to encourage at the same time to get in discipleship <laughs> because Jesus called us to be disciples not just believers, not just church goers, but be disciples, true followers, committers of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Right now we want to uh, confess. We're going to recite this uh, confession of faith that we do every Sunday here. We do this because yeah, this is the Christian worldview. Every Christian church out there that follows the doctrine of Jesus Christ as we follow here believes this. So, this In the count of three. I want to ask you guys to recite this with me. Amen. the count of one, two, and three. I believe in one God and Creator, who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation and his death, burial, and resurrection and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the death. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishments for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles, prophets, elders, and deacons. In which the gates of hell should not prevail i believe in the salvation for all mankind it is by faith alone in christ alone by god's grace alone and for the glory of god alone amen everybody say amen let's spend the next couple five minutes of fellowship and we can play that music there say hi to your neighbor greet somebody you haven't met yet
4: back to your seats. Why don't you give somebody a high five? Give your last hug away. Amen. Amen. Welcome everybody to Metro Praise International. It is so exciting to see everybody here. All the new and old faces. Welcome, welcome, welcome. For those that don't know me, my name is Nancy Wyrostek. I'm one of the Apostolic Elders here. On on behalf of Metro Praise, we welcome you. Thank you so much for being here. How many of you guys are excited to be in the house of God this morning? God's presence is awesome, it is real, and he's changing lives, and we're so glad that you're a part of it. Our services here at Metro Praise International are every Sunday at 10 a.m., and then every Friday our youth group meets at 7 p.m., Elevate! Those are our teenagers. So if you know any teenagers 11 to 18, bring them on by on Fridays. We have a few announcements. How do you guys like announcements? Fun, exciting stuff happening. We have pastors, Anthony and Melody Freeman here with us. We thank you for coming here. And uh, they have been in Joe's life for 18 years. I've had the honor of knowing them for about 10 years now. And so they are here with us, spiritual parents of Joe and I, and uh, today for our ordination Sunday service. So we're excited but ordaining our elders and deacons, and God's just going to do awesome things, so thank you for all the family and friends that came out to support. Next Sunday is our baptismal Sunday. We are doing baptisms. Come on, make some noise for that. Sunday, a regular service, 10 o'clock. Come on out, bring your friends, invite your family. It's going to be an awesome time of baptizing those who have newly come to the Lord. We're always so excited about that. And then for Thanksgiving, we're having an outreach. Somebody say outreach. Outreach. So the morning of Thanksgiving at 9.30, we're meeting here at MPI, November 28th, and we're going to go to the west side. Somebody say west side. And we're going to go and we're going to partner with the church. We're just going to feed everybody there and just minister to them and pray for them. So if you want to do something on Thanksgiving, if you want to come on out and be a part of something awesome for God that day, of course, you're going to meet with your family. You're going to make your meals, but meet us here at 9.30 and let's go be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. And then another um, thing that's coming up, Lawrence is uh, leading this up. December 31st. we're going to the IHOP conference, one thing. So if you want any more information, Lawrence, if you could please raise your hand. They're going to be traveling to Kansas City, correct? So December 31st, if you need any more information about that, you want to take a trip and just go soak in the glory land, talk to Lawrence. He has all the information. Somebody look to your neighbor and say, God is good. God is good. Our vision here at Metro Praise is loving God and loving people. We strive to do that with everything within us. And our discipleship strategy is threefold. Connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect you to Jesus through our life groups. And on the back of your handouts here, just rave it in the air, is our schedule for this quarter, October, November, December. And you can look through that, That we have all the uh, ministry-based, special needs-based, activity-based, for you and your family, and just find one that you could belong to. And every week we we'll want to give you a snapshot of what's happening. So every Sunday, Encounter Night Prayer Life Group happens here at 5 p.m. You want to come, soak in some worship, go, you know, just deeper into prayer. Sunday nights are for you. And then today, Sunday, uh, 5 p.m., our Marriage Life Group is meeting. So make some noise, Marriage Folks. You guys are all getting together with Ricky and Rachel Rivera. And they're going to have an awesome time every wednesday we have our king's kids life group infant to 11 years old if you have children in that age range drop them off go do some errands go on a date night we want to disciple your kids so king's kids every wednesday is for your children here at the church at 6:30. and then friday the adult life group is meeting they meet every week 7 p.m with pastor Bert and griselda at their house and God's just doing awesome things. People are growing deeper in their faith and their relationship with God. And then this Saturday, we have the Sidewalk Counseling Life Group. All ages, welcome to attend. Meet here at 9 a.m. We go to the abortion clinic and minister to the women coming in and out, really sharing with them the love of Christ and the hope that he could offer them. And, of course, every Saturday, we have our Evangelism Life Group. All ages, welcome. 6 p.m. They meet here. We go preach the gospel on the streets. Somebody say Chicago for Jesus. Come on amen and then we want to mentor you so our second phase of the discipleship strategy is mentorship so we have 101 and 201 we have leaders ready in place to take you through the welcome to your new life book and then after you graduate this we take you through the disciples that make disciples because this is our leadership training class and what you're gonna to see today with this ordination is men and women of God who have finished this class some one year a year and a half maybe even two of just intense training apologetics, defending their faith, living holy, living free, living humble God is doing it and so all those men and women that you're going to see have gone through this and God is calling every believer to be a leader, amen? And then we want to send you out for evangelism, to preach the gospel on the streets, to your family, to your co-worker and then our goal here at MPI is to have 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in the city and 500 around the world, if you believe we could do that, say amen! Woo! Praise God! God is good! How many of you guys like to give? We love to give this morning. As we prepare to give our tithes and offering, if you could please turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, 9 through 10. We believe here at Metro Praise that a tithe is a 10% of your total income, and everything above that is an offering to the Lord, an amount that's just between you and Jesus, and we designate that towards building fund, and to, towards missions. And you could designate that right on your envelope. And we believe when we put God first in our finances, we give him control of every area of our life. Amen? Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Scriptures say to honor God with our wealth, to honor him with our material possessions, with our finances. Because when we give back to God, when we follow the scriptures and we say, God, this 10% belongs to you. I have a $600 check, $60 belongs to Jesus. We're showing that we're recognizing God and his provision to us in our life. We're recognizing God and honoring him for what he's providing for us and saying, this belongs to you. 100% we have belongs to Jesus. But we give 10% out of faithfulness. And when we become faithful tithers, God promises to give us the blessing, the promise of blessing that our children will be blessed. We'll have provision in our life. And I know we have tithers in this place that can testify to his faithfulness, to to his goodness over the years. Amen. And so we just thank you for everybody that tithes and gives. We thank you for partnering with us in the city for what God is doing. And I just pray blessing and just prosperity over you. God is good. And we want to put him first in our finances. Amen. And all that we do. Please stand up with me this morning as we prepare to come forward and give out of a generous heart, out of the abundance of our heart. Amen. Let's recite this scripture together. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, God for your presence in this place. We thank you for your faithfulness, God, that when you say, God, when we put you first and seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and all these things will be given to us as well. And I just pray for every tither, every giver in this place, I pray that you open doors for them. Give them the promotions. Give them the raises that they need. Take care of your children. And I pray that as we put you first, God, that we will see your kingdom come to this earth, God. And I just pray, Lord, that our budget will be met here this month above and beyond what we could ever imagine, Lord, to your glory and honor of your name, and that these nations would be one for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. And please come forward as you give this morning.
5: Amen, amen. How many love Jesus? Can I get a woo whoop? Amen. Welcome to our ordination service. We're so excited that you're here today. Friends and family, what we do here is just exciting. We're glad you're excited with us because we're all excited. Everybody go, we're excited. So we're excited, you're excited. We're all just so excited and it's awesome. Everybody go, awesome. Okay, see, I do the same stuff when I wear a suit. It doesn't change much, Okay. Visitors that are here, thank you guys for coming. This is not normally how I dress, but hey, I think it's kind of fun to wear a suit every now and then. But uh, we love Jesus. We dress up for Jesus sometimes. So today, we really wanted to dress up and honor those who honor is due, and that's why we made it a special time. And then somebody was trying to be like a little bit cute with me. They're like, Pastor, why don't you dress up like this all the time? You see, if I dressed up like this all the time, then it wouldn't be special when I dress like this some of the time. Some of y'all ain't buying that. You're like, I want my pastor to dress up, you know. like, no, you dress up. No, I'll stay the way I like, you know. Anywho, open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. What makes a church a church? Is it a steeple, and then you fold it under where all the people? Does anybody know how to do that Sunday school thing? You make a steeple, and then there's all the people. What makes a church, you know? Is it the statue of uh, Holy Mother of Guadalupe? Is that what we need? Do we need white, emaciated, blonde-haired Jesus, all skinny on the cross? Uh, here he is, your Lord and Savior, the God of the universe. Here he is. Uh. First of all, he wasn't white, blonde-haired, blue-eyes. He grew up in the Middle East. He looked like a Middle Easterner. He ate with his hands, used his bathroom with his hands, used Bathroom with his hands. Third world country. A strong carpenter carried the beam of the cross on his back, weighed about 120 pounds. Any men ever try to squat that and walk up a hill? He was a manly man. But here's the thing he rose again. Amen. He's not an emaciated Jesus. He's the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, at the right hand of the Father, waiting to come back for his church. So, what makes a church? Is it those statues? Is it the steeple? Is it the choir? Is it the pastor, the guy who talks? I like, go, oh, once we get a good guy that can talk a little bit, now we got a pastor. What did he talk about? I don't know, but he talked a whole lot. I don't know what he was talking about, but he talked a whole lot. That's what I think churches is. is that what, you know some people think churches or where we take your money and then we go spend it on nice suits and pimped out cars like a '95 station wagon Econo Lodge. You know what I got in the back? There's your money, folks. Look at the station wagon. Pump, 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 pump. You know, come on, is that what we're doing? Church, ecclesia. Everybody say ecclesia. It's not a building. Ecclesia in the Greek is the gathered ones. It's where the gathered ones of Christ come together under the lordship of Christ and do the things of Christ. To say it another way, it's when the people of God come into the presence of God and see the power of God. That's church. You have that in your house with your family. You can have that at the break room with some of your coworkers. Anybody ever hear of the Christian Businessmen Association or the Christian Businessmen that used to go around doing this all the time? Am I saying that right, Christian Businessmen Association? I mean, businessmen started this in the charismatic revival during the 70s to meet together in their their break rooms and lunch rooms, change the world through businesses. The people of God gathering in the presence of God and the power of God being revealed on break rooms, in your houses. And when we do it here, somebody say here. When we do it here, whether it be the first day of the week or the last day of the week, whether it's a Saturday, a Sunday, a Friday, a Tuesday, Monday, whatever. Some churches have uh, services eight days a week. You know what I'm saying? It's just nonstop. But it doesn't matter when they meet. That is the church. Point to your neighbor and say, you are the church. If you can do it in grace and in love, say you are a good-looking church. But if you stumble and say that, don't do, don't 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 get me in trouble. I'm just trying to say we're all good-looking. Amen. Praise God. So we are the church. The church gathers together, people of God, in the presence of God. How many people feel the presence of God right here? And then the power of God's revealed. Now, what happens when you do that? People's lives get changed. The power begins to manifest in people's day-to-day lives. They're not the same like they used to be. So when you gather in the presence of the God with the people of God, the power of God starts to transform you. And you start to live differently. You become someone like me in the sense of a transformed person. I was a high school dropout at the age of 16, did drugs, was incarcerated eight times before I was an adult. But when I encountered the living witness of Christ in my mother at the kitchen table, we were having church, and she told me about the power of God, and she brought the presence of God there, and I was changed. November 5th, 1995, just, this last November 5th, just made 18 years, saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. How many been changed here? How many saved folk do we have here? People who love God. Not ashamed of it, right? You look at Matthew chapter 28, and you'll see why you're seated here today. Look at this scripture, starting in verse 18. If you're there, can you say, I'm there? Jesus said, therefore, go and make church members of all the nations. Therefore, go and confirm all the little babies, or baptize all the little babies. Confirm all the teenagers. Anybody here ever been confirmed? Don't, don't be ashamed. It's okay. We love you. God bless you. You've been confirmed. Confirmed to do what? I don't know. I'm just confirmed. I'm confirmed. I can take communion. Yum, yum. He'll feed it to me. And then I'll drink the goblet. You know, I'm confirmed to do. I've been given permission. No, what what does any of that mean? How have we lost the precious words of Jesus? How far have we come 2,000 years from our Lord and Savior that when we read this scripture, his parting words, known as his great commission, that we literally fill in the blank with whatever we want. Therefore, go and make televangelists of the nations. Therefore, go and make book writers of the nations. Therefore, go and make this and that and Christian concerts and conferences. Therefore, go and make Christian TV. No. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Disciples, Mathetes in the Greek, committed followers and students of Jesus Christ who will hear what he said and do what he said and will live like him. Jesus didn't say, I just have 12 guys that I hang out with every now and then 12 guys I play golf with. He said, I have 12 disciples. Do you want to be like Peter, James, and John? Do you want to be like Bartholomew and Thomas? They were men just like us. And the women who followed Jesus are women just like you women. They were normal, average, everyday people. And yet they were disciples. And he says to them, let's look up the verse 9 right here. It says, uh, verse 16 rather says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them. And then he told them these instructions. So it's disciples making what? disciples so he's speaking to these 11 disciples minus judas because he betrayed jesus he's saying now you guys go and make what disciples of all the nations how many nations we got up in? we got any puerto rican nations any any european nations any african nations any europe did i say european nations okay it wasn't allowed european any latino nations guatemalan honduran any italian italian nations i guess that's european so quiet and awkward. I forgot. We could go down the list, Polish, you know, and, and all of that. But that's okay. But how many are glad God said go make them of all the nations? Do you know that America wasn't even established as a nation when this command was first given, but yet it became a nation, and the moment it became a nation, it was included in the Great Commission. So you are to go and make disciples of all nations. He's talking to you. And he says this is the sign that they've been initiated into the Great Commission. Baptize them in the name of who? The Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So those who say, I want to be disciples, we baptize you as an initiation into the body of Christ and then teaching them to obey some things that I have commanded you. Does it say teaching them to obey just the easy things? Please don't raise your hand, but I want to make an illustration just in case you're here. Has anybody murdered somebody here? Do we have any murderers today in the house? Now, don't raise your hand. Otherwise, we'll be calling the police. You know what I'm saying? You know? But, you know... This is the command, like, we say we keep. You know, so I talk to people all the time. God told us to keep commands, and they always want to raise their hand and be like, Hey, I keep commands. I don't kill anybody. Like as if when we get to heaven on Judgment Day, he's going to say, Hey, guys, guess what, angels? I brought up a special group of people up here from planet Earth. These are the people who didn't murder anybody. Let's give it up for all the non-murderers. We think we're going to go to heaven, and there's going to be, like, a special button put on you. Non-murderer. You're so awesome. Do you get paid by being on your job for not killing anybody? Do they give you a paycheck and say, this is what we give people who don't kill people on our job? Why is it we think we're going to be rewarded in heaven for the things we don't do? Do you know that there's more commands than just things you don't do? You don't do this, you don't do that. That's fine. But what do you do for God? He gave us commands to pray. He gave us commands to lay hands on the sick. He gave us commands to teach our children in the ways of the Lord so that when they're old, they will not depart. He gave us commands to give our money to the poor and help the needy. He gave us commands to do this command that encompasses all the commands. How many want to follow the commands of Jesus? As I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I'm going to read it again now without the commentary. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Is Jesus here today? We haven't reached the end of the age yet, have we? The last day has not come upon us. So that means we're still in the last days. We are still in the time where God is pouring out His Spirit. He's beckoning all people to Himself. He's saying, come on, follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my load is light, and you'll find rest for your soul. He's still calling people. And then those who say, God, I'll come, I'll follow you. He says now to them, go and spread the message to others. As one man said, it's a beggar who's found bread going back to all the other beggars saying, I know where there's bread. It's like that one who has found that coupon and now they want to call up all their friends and say, hey, have you got that coupon to save a lot? You can go there and get a lot of stuff. It's like that thing that's going to be happening, you know, on Black Friday. Hey, if you get this thing at this time and you go to Best Buy, you'll get two laptops. Meet me there. We'll spend the night. He is saying to us, do you find the treasure of great uh, the pearl of great price, valuable. Do you find salvation valuable? And if you do, will you share it with the world? Now turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3, as you're doing that, look to your neighbor and say, He's always like this. This is not anything new, trust me. He's always like this. This is why we come to this church, amen? We like it like that. My mom used to have a thing above her kitchen. It was a bunch of nuts and like walnuts and almonds and this. And they had the little eyes on them. They're like cross-eyed and things like that. And they said, we're all nuts, but we're happy. <laughs> we're all nuts, but we're happy. It's like Metro praise. We're all nuts, but we're happy. We're happy for Jesus. Don't tell us there's another way of doing it because we like this way. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, if you're there, say I'm there. As the disciples made disciples, they saw the need to make leaders among the disciples. Paul, writing in this epistle to his spiritual son Timothy, gives the instruction for how they can do this. He says, here's a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer or an elder desires a noble task. Now that overseer or elder, it's the same uh, interchangeable word there, is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money, he must manage his own house well see that his children obey him must do things ma- in a manner worthy of respect if anyone does not know how to manage his own family how can he take care of God's church he must not be a recent convert he may fall into be conceited fall into the same judgment as the devil he must have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap in the same way somebody say in the same way thank you deacons are and th- another word for deacon is servants and the deacons the servants are to be worthy of respect sincere not indulging in. Not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They first must be tested they first must be tested thank you then if there's nothing against them let them serve as deacons in the same way the women are to be worthy of respect not malicious talkers but temperate and trustworthy in everything a deacon must be faithful to his wife manage his children and household well those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in christ jesus somebody say elders and deacons Thank you. Would you help me, Pastor Roberto, with that black rag I got there? I went to, Pastor went to preaching. I am sweating up here. You see, for me to preach in a suit is like for you to uh, run a marathon in a suit. Could you just imagine you showing up to the gym in a suit like, hey, I'm just here working out. That's like what it feels like for me right up here, right about now, okay? Somebody say elders and deacons. Elders and deacons. Now, let me just give you the backstory of Metro Praise, and then we're going to have our ordination service. Here it is. I was a disciple trained under this man at SUM Bible College, a School of Urban Missions in New Orleans from 1996 to 98. Graduated with an associate's degree in biblical studies. He was the president of the school with his master's degree from the Assemblies of God Seminary in Springfield. They taught and trained me, in the things of God laid hands upon me. Believe it or not, they thought I was ready and sent me out as a 22-year-old man to preach the gospel. Started in New Orleans, worked there for four years, came to Chicago, worked as a youth pastor for a season. And then about nine years ago, we came here and to start this church, my wife and I, with a handful of people in our house. Today, it's a growing and thriving church, and the Lord is moving in great and mighty ways. And one of the things that he asked me to do was to write materials that would enable people to do this. I'm not saying our materials are the best materials We're not the watchtower We're not saying we're the only ones going to heaven How many of those guys are weirdies And they're also going to hell without Christ We need to pray for them, amen But they knock on doors sometimes better than we do, right So I said, I won't let no Jehovah Witness outdo me No Mormon will outpeddle me with the gospel So my wife and I, we put together these materials And we started evangelizing And we said, if we can just do what Jesus told us to do If we can just make disciples that make disciples And we'll teach them all that he said And we'll baptize them and we'll know that his presence will be with us because he said until the last days, until the end of the age, he'll be here. And it took us three years, three years. Somebody say three years. Three years to get to this point. Pastor Adam was a part of that and others were there. It took us three years just for people to say, man, I'll do that. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll try it, you know. And, it, and then they, they went through the process and Ishmael and Ricky and others said, okay, I'll be an elder, I'll be a deacon. I'll be trained in the things of God. And then over the last, uh, then the year after that, SUM Bible College, the college that I went through, I'll never forget. Brother Anthony was telling me, he said, now they're expanding because he was moving on to another to plant the church he does now. He said, now they're putting an extension college into every church that has students that are ready to go crazy for God, that want to get you know their Bible education. It'll be fully accredited. Assembly of God, you know, Pentecostal doctrines. Are you guys with me? And I said, we'll do it. And we had, a, you know, about two students start, and one dropped out, and one just hold on with everything, you know. And I'm like, okay, I guess we started it to quit it, but we'll give it our best. But from that one student, Berto, came our first graduating class just a few years ago of 12 SU Bible College graduates. Can we bless the Lord for that? Amen. And now today, now today, if you just go to the website for me, brother, just hit on leadership, mpichurch.org. Today, today we have 28 elders and deacons in this church. We have 70% of our church, that's 100 out of the people that it considers their church, 70% are in the process of discipleship right now. That means 7 out of 10 people that show up at Metro Praise are either in 101, the beginning stages, 201, the leadership stage, or now have graduated and are a part of that core, 70% of our church. God has done a wonderful work here, and it's all to his glory. These are the leaders that have come. That's a picture, like, from 1995. And I'm not changing it until I lose weight and I look better than that picture. I am not changing it until I look better. And that's my wife, she said the same thing. We're not changing ours. Just scroll as I'm talking here. These are those that have been a part of the leadership. Amen. Give them a hand clap. Praise God. And now you're here today. And so some are graduating the 201 class, and they're saying, I want to be a deacon in the house of the Lord. I want to serve and be a servant here. There are others that have been deacons, and God is now saying they can be elders, which means teachers in the house of God. And then lastly, there are three others who have gone to Bible college, received biblical training, and have done their internship here for approximately a year and our being to us, our pastors and leaders. Isn't that awesome? From a church that started with a handful of people. All the odds were against us. And all of the financials, woes, and worries we had to go through to get to this point, it hasn't been easy. But as I said before, I'll say it now. Making disciples is our business. And business is good. Amen? Making disciples is our business. And business is good. We may not have all that we want to have and done all that we want to do, but the disciples that are here today are in the lineage of the disciples of Christ 2,000 years ago. And those who came, because we had a special leadership meeting yesterday, those who came witnessed the tears out of my eyes as I lifted up the le- leadership of my life. And I've said, it's been an honor to serve with this man now for almost 17 years and to now see what God is doing here. Amen. So I'm going to ask that. Steve, would you do me a favor and just move this to the side there? And we're going to get down with it. Look at your neighbor and say, let's do it. It's ordination time, baby. Come on, can we get you back up on the keys, get us some happy music, amen? It's like, I've never been to an ordination service. Is it fun? Yeah, it's fun. It's going to be real fun. You can clap whenever. It's not like graduation ceremony. Like, don't clap until they're all done. You clap whenever you want to clap, you know? I, <laughs> I remember one time I went to, a, th- my friend right here might find it funny because he, he's been to an Assembly of God Bible College. But I went to a, a North Central As- Assembly of God Bible College and they said, don't you clap. Like they warned him like five times, you know, like at this graduation, don't you clap until everybody's done. And this <laughs> this one dude just stood up and just started clapping. I paid for this education, man. I am clapping right now. I earned this clap. You could just hear him saying that. I was like, God bless you, brother. God bless you. You earned that clap. You go on and get it. We're starting off with deacons, those who have done a tremendous job serving the Lord. Let's give it up for David and Christy as they come. know how long I'm going to be able to do this without preaching, but I got to stop just for a second. Believers from China, well, born in America, but did mission work in China, but a believer from China, underground church, has been arrested for her faith. Seminary grad, now in Moody Seminary, soon to get her graduate degree in theology, serving the Lord with honor and dignity. We are so honored to have you here. God bless you. God bless you. Ashley Bolden, Lily hey can i say something about every one of them is it okay because i mean we got to talk about it don't we lily came to our church with uh diana from lane tech Gave her heart to Jesus, went to Eschew in Bible College, is now working a great job, going to fulfill her call upon her life, brought her family here today, and is an awesome leader, prophetic woman of God. Amen. Jerry Kraus. Jerry found a flyer at her uncle's bar to our church. It's like, you like to drink? Come drink of the spirit, man. Found that flyer, came, came from a great family. Her family's here today. Rededicated her life to the Lord. If you know Jerry, she's a social butterfly. God gave her the calling to be in ministry. And she is in the dean's list every semester with A's and is a tremendous, mighty woman of God. Amen. Give it up for Jerry. Come on. Rosa Mendes. I love that. Keep that going, baby. Yes, gloria dios. I'm so excited, her mano Rosa, fuego de dios. Sister Rosa used to be a part of a church when we shared the building here and she remembers us going out evangelizing and she asked her pastor, can I go? And he said, we don't do that. But she knew in her heart she wanted to do it. When that pastor left and went to another church, she said, I'm going to go back to that pastor. And her not necessarily always understanding the language, she's grown with us in English, but has become one of the most powerful street evangelists you will ever meet. Hallelujah, Gloria! lawrence rodriguez lawrence has set the record are you 16 or 17 17 years old for the youngest deacon in the history of metro praise international This is an awesome man. Plays the drums, the flute, the trumpet. No, I'm just kidding. Plays the drums. He loves loves God and is a leader in the youth group and has set the standard. All the youth, please look to this. If he's 17 and, and can do it, you can do it. Amen? Come on, let's give it up for some youth. Rudy Santana! feeling the tears with this brother right here oh help me Jesus Rudy's friend found a flyer on the floor of an elevator went to a Wicker Park service when we had our campus over there, was at the very first service, never stopped coming since then, accepted the call of God onto his life. Because of him, there's those that are here today that are now coming to church, and another one, Josh, who's a part of SUM Bible College. This is a leader among leaders, a servant among servants, and an academic scholar, always on the dean list, Rudy! So proud of you, man. Jessica Santoyo! jessica has a sister stephanie stephanie came to the lord because we talked to one of our youth because we, we just kept seeing the same youth come to service every single week and we told one of the youth don't you come back here unless you bring your friends she's like scared and i'm like no we mean it so finally she invited one of her friends stephanie her sister came then she came God saved gave her heart to jesus and is one of the greatest children's workers you will ever see in your life amen Elliot Schwartz. Elliot Schwartz is a of Adam being on the Lane Tech City Championship baseball team in high school came, we would sit in youth group at the end and talk for hours about God and all the questions that he had went to Philadelphia, got a degree in architecture, pray for him to get a good job in that field, it's tough right now and he's been serving God faithfully ever since brought his mom and family to the church he's an awesome man and single ladies is this all the deacons? let's give it up for the deacons of MPI come on Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Deacons, would you turn and face me, please, and just give me room to walk in front of you. You guys may be seated in the back. Praise God, Berta. Would you anoint them with oil? We may. May we play something worshipful now? <laughs> this man is awesome. Is he not awesome up here? Oh, man. What we're doing is what they did in the Bible. I don't have time to read the book of Acts. But the Bible says when they found these people, men and women, Phoebe, Romans chapter 16, was a great deacon, men and women alike. They anointed them as a symbol of the Holy Spirit with oil, placed their hands upon them, and sent them out to do the work of the ministry. We believe God anoints, and it's man that he uses to appoint So what they have, no man can give them, the giftings that each one of them possess, you as family members, we want to say thank you as well, because everything that they are here is a part of what you did in their life, and what God did through you, and their studies, and all of that. We don't take credit for that. We give glory to God for that. Amen? But what we're doing is we're recognizing that anointing, that gifting, that zeal for God, that... Humble heart, that serving and willingness to change a world. And we're now appointing them. And when others come into this church and they need to look to a leader for prayer, for counsel youth, mothers, young adults they can come to one of those here and say, Would you teach me the Bible? Can you go through the 101 with me? Can you counsel me? Can you meet me at this time of my life maybe a, a hospital or High school, back, you know, auditorium. I'm going through problems. These are the ones we sent. Amen? Amen. Brother Anthony, I'm going to invite him now. Would we just bless the Lord for him and his wife here today? Amen. He's going to speak a word of encouragement over them as I anoint them with oil, and then we'll pray together.
6: Jesus, we thank you, God, right now, Father. God, for your anointing upon them, Lord God. God, we just thank you lord god that you are going to do mighty things god through these servants lord these servants in the house of the lord servants of the house of the lord god we just thank you just stretch your hand towards them right now hallelujah for servants in the house of the lord god we just thank you for them right now lord god that they're going to increase lord in their ministry lord god father we just thank you god right now god that The expansion, Lord, of your gifting, of your anointing is going to be upon their life as they minister in the house of God and in this world, Lord God, to make disciples. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Word of God says that when they chose the man This was the mark upon their life, that they were full full of the Holy Spirit. That that, that they were full of the Holy Spirit. Now, my encouragement to you is that as you serve, that you seek God to be people full of the Holy Spirit. That in your service, that you will be the people of God in leadership and example that are moved through by the Holy Spirit, that are empowered by the Holy Spirit. That seek to do things by the Holy Spirit. That in your love, it is it is the fragrance of the Holy Spirit coming out of you, in every way in your life. That fruit of the Holy Spirit, the giftings of the Holy Spirit, will be manifested in your life. You know, it, it, Philip. You know, the, the, one of the great revivals in the Book of Acts was done by the deacons of the church. It was it wasn't one of the elders. It was one of the deacons that went to some preached the word of God, laid hands on the sick, saw them recover, cast out devils. And a great revival took place. And, so when, and it was so powerful that they had to send for the elders of the church to come down from Jerusalem and to lay hands on and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But that thing, that spark, that revival was all started by a deacon in the church. And that's the word of encouragement. Let you eat and every one of you be the spark for a revival like that.
5: Thank you. Amen. Would you turn one more time, deacons? Can we bless the Lord as they face you guys? Just bless the Lord for them one more time. Amen. Deacons, you may be seated. We'll have a time of fellowship with them in just a moment. So don't go anywhere, family. We're going to have a time of fellowship in just a moment with all of them before we preach the word today. Next, we're going to go into the governing elders. These are those that have been deacons with us for a year or more, some more, and they've served faithfully, and now they're teaching and leading and doing great things. And we want to give them that promotion today with excitement. And most of you already know them already, so let's get ready to do it. Salvador and Jessica Castellanos! Jessica and Salvador were at the first home Bible study when we started the church over nine years ago. Nine years ago, they came as a young adult couple. They gave their heart to Jesus and have been with us ever since. They represent what that illustration says. Some people, like the rabbit, they shoot out and don't finish the race. But it's the faithful tortoise that keeps going and going and going. God is not looking for sprinters. He's looking for marathon runners. And Jessica and Salvador, thank you for nine years of faithfulness to God's people. I pray that everyone here will look to you as a leader and do what you've done as unto Christ. Amen. Woo, I'm excited. Cynthia Rodan. Cynthia Rodon has been a faithful woman of God. Her children are here. As it talks about raising your family right, she came to the Lord older in life. But she said, hey, that's not going to stop me. You guys know some Puerto Rican sass. You know what I'm talking about? She said, that ain't going to stop me. And she served God. She got her family and daughters here. Wonderful woman of God. Now with Pastor Lauren leading the single mom's life group. Women's lives are being changed and impacted through this awesome woman. Amen. Cynthia and Andrew and Lauren (laughs) Sajanski. Praise God for these faithful couple right here. Andrew met, uh, Andrew came to the church from another church and he just said, I'm just looking to be discipled. I want my life to be changed. I've been raised in this my whole life, but it's never really got down deep. And I sat across the table with him and I was like, brother, God's got a plan for your life because you are a man of integrity. He works hard. He's a plumber. He's an awesome worker. Takes care of his family. And at that day God began to use him. He's been running the sound booth, serving, teaching young people how to serve God in the uh, Royal Ranger program. And then he saw this awesome woman of God who was a single mama at the time and said i want some of that lauren pie and he was just the right kind of man of god to get him some Pickens pie and now lauren the awesome woman of god that she has graduated su in bible college they had a child together now the third one on the way multiplying and she leads the single mom's life group booyah in your face devil this is an awesome couple for jesus see, what the devil meant for harm, God meant for good. Governing elders, amen. Would you turn and face me, please? Now back to that worship music. You got it. (laughs) Isn't he awesome? Can we give it up for Benny right here? That's a 201 student. Governing elders, thank you for your service as deacons in the church. Thank you for all that you've done over the years. I'll never forget. Uh, Jessica and Salvador, that first retreat we went on in the summer, and you and my wife got lost, and all that happened. We had to call the Rangers up, (laughs) fly down, get you guys. But I just remember saying, God, oh, I'm going to cry right now, but Lord, if you'll give me people like Salvador and Jessica, I can hang in. Because you know it's lonely being a pastor sometimes. But you guys were faithful. Thank you for that. And now thank you, ladies, for what you're doing in the single mom's life group and all the other ministries that you do, but you can just see that's how you lead people. You're leading them through your own hurts and pains that God has healed because everybody wants to look to somebody that's been through what they've been through but have come out shouting. And Andrew, thank you for being a man that's willing to serve another man. You have seen them come in and out this door. It's men, oh, I love God, but they don't love me and they won't serve a church and they've got to be a you know, prideful man. But you said, you know, I love God. And I love my pastor. And you sit back there and you serve. You—he's going to put together the baptismal tank next week. And and everything you do, bro. I just want the men here to know—they need to be like that. They need to raise their family right, love their wife right. You a happy woman? Yes. Take care of you. Yes, amen. (laughs) Yes, he's a good man. Just keep doing it, amen. We're going to anoint you with oil. Brother Anthony's going to come pray speak a word over your life and we're just going to now believe that we've entrusted you to the lord for good things
6: heavenly father we thank you god for these servants of the most high god lord god we just thank you for their life god for your anointing upon them lord god lord you have vouchsafed your call in their life lord god you've entrusted them lord god with this precious thing father and we pray god Lord, that the work will continue through them, Lord, until the day of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And my encouragement to you is as Pastor Joe is up here, because I know all of you guys. I've seen all of you guys through the years. And it really just, it blesses me to see you guys up here. I remember all of you guys. You guys have seen, I've seen you guys in uh, just different times that we've been here. And it is an amazing thing to see where God has brought you. I keep thinking the words of the apostle Paul when he sent to some of his church. He said, "Timothy, he said, I I'm sending my son to you. I I don't have another one like him to represent me. And you guys, you are you are those people. You are those faithful ones that have been at Pastor Joe, Pastor Nancy's side, and now you are being sent to represent Second Timothy 2. two. Apostle Paul said this the things that you have heard among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men and women who teach others. That is your job.
5: That is your job. Amen. Amen. Would you turn and face the congregation one more time? Can we give it up for MPI new governing elders? Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Oh, man, last but not least, and let me just pause here as I say this. You know, a lot of the people that are here today, their families don't understand what they do when they go to church. Man, what are you doing at that church all the time? How many Bible studies you guys got to go to over there, you know? But you see, now you're getting a picture of what they're doing. This, what we do here today, is only what we do once a week. This is it. The rest of during the week, we have 10 outreaches a week. We have eight different life groups. We have things that are going on all throughout the week for every age group and category of life you can imagine. Some of them are picking up those from the west side on the wednesday uh, Program that we have for our children We invite the west side to come with us and they'll go out there and pick up kids from the inner city Some are going like the single moms group out on the streets reaching the moms at the bus stops and handing out free treats for them Some are working in the youth group and going out to the high school campuses I mean, it's just amazing what you see god is doing others are doing bible studies and counseling And then there's a group that has to lead them and those are the ones we call the pastoral elders. Now, to go into our discipleship program, it's free and open for everybody. You go to the 101, then you go to the 201. And then, as a deacon, everybody can pursue the heart of being an elder, which basically means you're now a teacher and a leader here. But to become a pastoral elder, one that would be looked up to as the one that would have the final answer on a situation. Hey, I don't know what this says. I went to this person. They didn't know who studied among us that has the answer. The pastoral elder is the one that studied themselves to show themselves approved, where they could say, I have an answer to this, by God's grace, and give the answer. Or what is God trying to do in this? Or what's the wisdom? The pastor is supposed to come alongside and say, thus says the Lord. How many know that's a serious responsibility? And so with that serious responsibility comes a commitment of discipleship on a next level. And in our church, we ask those who want to do that to be pastors to go to Bible college and to take Bible classes. And to be trained in an institute where they can be held accountable to their grades and to their lifestyle that they just can't live any old which way and pass those classes that the school will keep them accountable and then after they've gotten that degree and gone through our classes now they'll live it out among us for at least a year so we can point to them and say how have they been among us church how have they been among us and so on that day when we say like today. Today they are our pastors. You as a congregation can say, I'm not ashamed of that pastor. I'm proud of that pastor. I'm honored to call that person a pastor, an overseer, a shepherd in my church. Amen. And the wonderful thing about that is that we're able to do this with women as well who serve the Lord and give it all up for Jesus. And so today it just happens to be a ladies' day. Three women went to Bible college, got their degrees, served, and are being ordained as pastors of MPI. And the first one is Diana Guzman. <laughs> Diana de Guzman was witnessed to by my friend as she was working at Pizza Hut. Then she came to the church. I met her on the back, in uh, the parking lot on a youth day. She gave her heart to Jesus, went to Bible college in Oakland, finished out her degree here, has a wonderful family and job. Also single, by the way, fellas. And now she's in seminary, continuing her education to get a master's degree. She's the administrator of the church, leader of the evangelism team, and is just an all around boom shakalaka woman of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. You guys know what I'm talking about. Christina Pillman. The pilster, as I like to call her comes from a godly heritage, a godly family, her parents are here today went to a great assembly of God, Bible college down south, got biblical training, at a great church there as well came to Chicago, wanted to be discipled, found us here, gave her heart to discipleship and then jumped right into the ministry traveled with us to India gave her heart to the people of India there and then she fell in love with our youth pastor, oh snap and he fell in love with her and she has been what? and winning young ladies to the Lord like it ain't no thing I'm telling you in the youth group how many young people know she's awesome in the youth group Christina we love you awesome oh exciting and not only is Lauren Sainski a part of her husband being a governing elder but she's a Bible college graduate Lauren Sainski hallelujah lauren came to us from another church as well who wasn't quite serving the lord but gave her full heart to jesus why is it gonna be awkward now no it's, it's normal it's normal if we do that and then you heard the story with her and andrew but the thing that sticks out about with her that i want i didn't share before is she works with nancy now as an assistant to the sum bible college and will be at mardi gras this year leading our sum students for god hallelujah so any SUM student or future SUM student, this is your mama right here. Amen. Pastorial elders, would you turn and face me, please? You guys are so awesome. Thank you for your service unto the Lord. I pray that you all will find the joy of serving God's people as we have found my wife and I here. Sometimes they'll bite you. Sometimes they're, they're a little, you know, they're a little sketchy sometimes, you know. But most of the time they're just really nice and loving. And then you just fall in love with them. And I can see that they've fallen in love with you. Every one of you right here, you three, are, are so deeply loved by this church. Thank you for giving your heart to the people here. On the evangelism and all the people that just love you, like Rudy and that team, man. They look up to you, Deanna. And Christina, all these girls that are here today. Jen, I always see you guys in pictures together. And the others, you know, they just love you so much. And the single moms. How many single moms love Lauren here today? Come on. Amen. We love you. Thank you for giving your heart to Him. And let's live for God together. And if there's anything Nancy and I can ever do, let us know. Amen? We just want to serve with you because you guys are really special. You're, the, you're what makes it happen. And the rest of the, the pastors, we welcome you into the inner circle. Amen? Let's give it up for Brother Anthony as he comes one more time to bless these pastors, these leaders, these hermanos, o Dios, these women of God.
6: Father, we just thank you for them right now, God. God, your anointing that's upon their life, Lord God, the giftings of the Holy Spirit to flow through them, Lord God, richly, Lord God. Use them, Lord God. Use them. Let them burn for you, Lord God, in this world, in this church, Lord. Father, let the fire of your Holy Spirit consume their lives, Lord, and let it spread to everyone they minister to. In Jesus' mighty name, amen my encouragement to you is what the Apostle Paul said to the ministers preach the word be instant in season out of season reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come and is now when men and women will not adhere to sound doctrine but heap to themselves teachers having itching in years he says, "But you keep your head in all situations. Do the work of an
5: evangelist and allow God's glory to rest." Of you. Amen. Can we get up, give it up for the pastoral elders one more time? Amen. Now I'm going to call up all the governing elders and deacons. Would you come? Everybody, would you stand to your feet? We're going to let you come and give them a, a handshake, but let them come up here first. We're going to let you just bless them, shake their hands, hand clap for them, or whatever you guys want to do here in just a few moments. Make sure they're all up here first. Is this everybody? Come on, David and Christy. We love you, Sister Rosa. Amen, amen. Can we give it up for them one more time today? The graduating class, 2013 elders, deacons, and pastoral elders. Let's put on the party. Music DJ, come from your chair. Slap them, high five, hug them. Tell them how proud you are of them. Why don't we do that right now? Thank you. Jesus. Amen, amen. We could begin to make our way back to our seats. I'm assuming if you had to go, you've already left. And now if you're still here, that means you want to have church, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, that was just the introduction. (laughs) Somebody's looking at their friend going, what did I get myself into? Brother, would you get the podium for me? I've let Pastor know he can preach as long as he would like to. I can see some chairs have emptied up here. I know uh, actually some people did have to go, and that's fine. But we want to hear from Brother Anthony today as a church. Amen. Uh, we really want to hear from him and what God has. And and so if you're visiting with us today, thank you uh, for staying later with us. We normally end around twelve. But we are going to now ask our pastor to preach, and he's going to give us a great word. He's trying to tell me it's going to be short, but I don't even want him to be guilty of lying because that ain't going to happen, okay? It ain't going to be short, okay? It's going to be a message. You're going to hear some preaching, and it's okay, amen? We can handle it. Just think about it as Thor, right? You went and saw Thor three hour, two and a half hours. Just think this is better than Thor, amen? Let's give it up for Pastor Anthony Freeman and Sister Melanie.
6: Let's turn in our Bibles to Ezekiel 43. Praise God. As praying over this, I just really felt like we need to talk about being a temple of God. A temple for God's glory. Say the word temple. God has made us, called us to be a temple for God's glory. Ezekiel, let's go let's get on over to Ezekiel thirty seven. I tell you, we've had so much preaching in this house already. That and so much good preaching, just great. Pre- Pastor Joe's a great preacher, amen. Now, what I want to talk about, just to set this up, you know, when when the, when the word of God in Ezekiel was being given, when he was prophesying, he was talking about the temple of Jerusalem, and and remember, if you remember the history, they had they had been taken away to exile off to the country of Babylon or to the city of Babylon because they had disobeyed God. And, and then is later, sometime later on, there were 70 years in captivity, but sometime later on, God gives Ezekiel a vision that God's going to restore this temple. When, God's, when, God, when the temple was closed and the children of Israel were carried off away from Babylonian, into Babylonian captivity, the Word of God showed that there was something physical that happened, but there was a spiritual thing that happened too. The glory of God had departed from the temple. The glory of God represents the presence of God. And really, what makes us believers, what makes this a church, as the, as the pastor said today, what is the presence of God. It's the person of Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not what us coming into this building. It's what's come into us. Jesus Christ came into our life. He changed our life. And then he's represented by the Holy Spirit in our life right now. In fact, the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8 that if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ he doesn't belong to Christ. Being born again is a spiritual act of God where, where there is an impartation of divine life. The person of Jesus Christ comes to live inside of us. That's the difference. That's the difference between religion and what God has came, come to bring us through Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, though, when they worshiped God, God had them build a temple. Later on, he was say, man, God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. And even, even to uh, Solomon when he was building the temple, he says, listen, what kind of temple could you make to contain me? There's not a temple on the earth. But the temple was a symbol of a place of worship. And it, was, it symbolized really where the presence of God would reside amongst the people of God. Now, I'm giving a little bit of background real quick here. Because I want to apply that to our life because in the New Testament, the Word of God says in two places. In 1 Corinthians 3, he says that we, as the body of Christ, are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. We are that dwelling place of God. We are where the Spirit of God dwells. And Jesus, remember, when he was on this earth, he said, wherever two or more of you are gathered in my name, who's going to be in the midst? Jesus said he would be in the midst of us. So wherever Jesus is, wherever God is, wherever the Holy Spirit is, that is the temple of God. And another word was used, the church, the ecclesia, the gathering, as Pastor explained this morning so adequately. But then the Apostle Paul said in chapter 6 also that know you not that your body, that you individually as Christians, your body is the dwelling place of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. So that's what we're going to pick up, and I'm going to go to... Chapter 43, verse 1. It says, Then the man brought me to the gate facing east, and I saw the glory of God of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters, and the, le- the and the land was radiant with his glory. The vision I saw was like the vision I had seen when he came to destroy the city, and like the visions I had seen by the Kibar River, and I fell face down. The glory of the Lord entered to the temple, through the gate facing east, and the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court of the temple, that means, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. While the man was standing beside me, I heard someone speaking to me from inside the temple. He said, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place for the soles of my feet. This is where I live among the Israelites forever. The people of Israel will never again defile my holy name. Neither they nor their Kings by their prostitution and the, their, their, the funeral offerings and for their kings at their death. When they placed their threshold next to my threshold and their doorposts beside my doorposts with only a wall between me and them, they defiled my holy name by their detestable practices. And he's talking about the time when they would go into the temple and they were trying to worship other gods while while they were... T- Here they were in the temple that was built and dedicated to the Lord, but they were trying to bring in other things. Uh, Listen, that goes on today, and maybe it's not idols we're lifting up, but we're lifting other things up in the churches that are not of God, and that is just as detestable before the Lord. Now let them put away from me their prostitution and their funeral offerings for their kings, and I will live among them forever. Son of man, describe the temple to the people of Israel that they may be ashamed of their sins. Let them consider its perfection. And if they are ashamed of all they have done, make known to them the design of the temple, its arrangement, its arrangements, its exits, its entrances, its whole design and all its regulations and laws. Write these down before them so that they may be faithful to its design and follow all of its regulations. This is the law of the temple. All the surrounding area on the top of the mountain will be most holy, such is the law of the temple. When Ezekiel is given this vision, he sees really a picture of what we call the millennial temple, this temple that is not only, it it speaks more than just the restoration of the temple that would take place when the exiles came back from Babylon in captivity. He's also beginning to describe what God's going to do in future times. But really, there's a literal temple that's going to uh, come down to earth the bible says in revelations uh, that's going to happen during the millennial reign of christ which is a thousand year reign as the word of god says in revelation and we find this also in the book of daniel and so what's going to happen is god's going to make a new heaven and earth and and there's going to be a temple a holy jerusalem that's going to come down and that's going to happen in the end times or the the last days or at the end of the millennial reign, rather. And so this is a millennial temple that's being described, but really there's something that is symbolic that is also being described to the body of Christ or to the church. And, he, and that, that symbolism stands for the people of God, for the dwelling place of God. And we see this really as we go into the New Testament. And, and one of the key things that we hear in this passage here is talking about the glory of the Lord. Now, the glory of the Lord is the word we use to represent the presence of God. The presence of God are the dwelling of God. Okay? The d- where God dwells, there's his presence, there God's glory is. And really, there was a word that the, in the Old Testament that, that the, uh, the rabbis used to use, they used to call it the Shekinah glory. And it speaks about the weight of God's presence, that God's presence is something that can be felt. There's kind of a tangibleness to God's presence, that God's presence is something to be experienced. And it's more than just some ooey-gooey feeling and us jumping excited. There There is a measure or there is a display, rather, of God's holiness or there's an experience of who God is. And when, 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 the, when the priests would go into the presence of God and God's presence would come down, the, the Bible says they couldn't even stand in the place where God's presence was being manifested. It was so weighty, it was so powerful. When Solomon's temple was built, the presence of God came in, into that temple and they couldn't even stand in that place. It was so powerful. The Bible still describes the fact that God's glory is being revealed in his church. Now, we're going to talk real quick, and I don't have a lot of time. I'm, I'm trying to rush through this. But as we said before, 1 Corinthians 3.16, remember, says that you yourselves are the temple of God, that God's spirit lives in, it, in you. It's so important to understand that God holds uh, just great accountability, great responsibility to the church for the temple of God or the the people of God. He says if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. He's talking about the church. If someone comes into the church and tries to destroy the church, you're going against God because the church is God's temple it's the dwelling place of god now what i want to try to get t- across to you is that see it's not we didn't come just into this place and sitting on chairs here and, and being happy about some things There it is a spiritual dynamic that is going on all the while now that's why we're excited that's why we're rejoicing that's why we're preaching up here there's four or five sermons that came up here already what what are we excited about we're excited that god is in this place God is here right now. We feel that. We understand that. There is a weight to it. It causes us to cry. It causes us to rejoice, amen, to be joyful, to play the bouncy music, you know, and, and then to play, go right into the worship music. We can transition, but all the while, God is here. And you may have walked in here and said, man, I don't feel nothing. But see, God's in here. And he's to be experienced. And more than that, he comes inside of our life. See, and when, when, we, when he come, wherever we go, when we go to the, the, the life groups, we go out on the street, we bring God with us. Because he says in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the place where God dwells now. And when Ezekiel's talking about this temple, there is something symbolic here. There's, it becomes what we call a type. In the Old Testament, there's these things that become types or representations of things that God was pointing to. They symbolized the real things that God was pointing to. They became types of things that were to come. And now the, the church has become that temple of God, the place where God chooses to dwell. Where does God choose to dwell? In his church, we are that temple. This is the temple of Almighty God right here. God's not going to allow anyone he hates when people come in to destroy. It's It's a serious thing. Why? Because you're coming against the temple of God, the dwelling place of God. But even individually, you have become the temple of God, the place where God dwells. And God's concerned about who destroys that as well. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. corporately, as a church, we are a place for God's dwelling. And as the scripture indicates, this application is also made to us as individuals. Now, we're reading Ezekiel here because there, he's talking about this millennial temple and the restor- restoration of the new temple. In Ezekiel's day, what, the mark of that restoration was the return of the glory of God. Now God's glory is manifested in his church through the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul picks up on this in 2 Corinthians 3, 6 through 18. He says this, that he has made us. Now listen to this, especially of you've that have, that have gotten those plaques. We thank God for the plaque, and it's, it's important. But let me tell you something. There's something more important than that plaque. It's the reality of the call of God that is upon your life right now. It's not a plaque. You know, you, something, you can lose that plaque. Where's that plaque at? Oh, I lost my calling. No, that's not it. I'm having a Pastor Joe moment there. 2 <laughs> Corinthians 3, 6-18. Listen to this. He has made us competent. Say competent. That means says you're able. Say I'm able. I'm able. Through Christ. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, listen to this. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, he's talking about the Ten Commandments, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory fading through. It was he's talking about in the Old Testament. Moses went up to the mountain. He got the Ten Commandments written by the hand of God when he came down because he had been in the presence of God. Yeah. And about that. But let me tell you something. What we got now is greater than that. Okay, so you need to woo-woo when we talk about the next thing. Because that was the thing. He says if the ministry, if the administration of glory that came was so powerful so that Moses had to put a veil upon his face because everybody was scared of it, but that was a glory that faded. That was a glory that faded. It didn't last. Listen to what the scripture says. The Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was. Fading though it was. You think to yourself this morning, well, I didn't go up to a mountain this morning, and God's finger didn't come down and write on tablets of stone, and I'm coming and carrying them down to my life group. You know, <laughs> I'm coming down boy, I wish that would have happened. Man, I would really be something coming in my life life group or whatever God's made me uh, administer over. Listen to the rest of this. He says, if the ministry that condemns men, he says, if the ministry that came by Moses because of its glory fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? In other words, would experience, You experienced here through the Spirit of God this morning, this morning, just a few moments ago. It's more powerful. It's more powerful. It's more mighty. It's more lasting than what Moses experienced when he came down from the mountain. Because that was a fading glory. That was under a ministry that brought death. You've been made a part of the ministry that brings life. If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, he says, will not, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison, listen to this, with the surpassing glory. With the surpassing glory with the glory that is greater than that glory. You know, we always think about that like, man, I wish I could go see God like Moses. Well, God will come to live inside of you. I wish I can go to the Temple Mount of Zion. Glory to God, let's sing about it. I'm going to Zion. You know, listen, Zion is here. God came and put Zion in our heart. Do you you hear what I'm trying to say this morning? Okay? For what was glorious has now no glory, now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater, say greater, greater is the glory of that which lasts. That which lasts. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has been removed. Because only in Christ, it, uh, I'm sorry, it has n- not been removed because only in Christ it is taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But when any, whenever anyone, say anyone, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, say it. There is freedom. Say it. There is freedom. And look at this. And we, say we with me. We who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Say ever-increasing. Ever-increasing. Remember, that glory faded. What does this glory do? it increases what does this glory do it increases what does this glory do it increases who are we the temple of god who are we who are we what kind of glory is in the temple of god ever increasing glory yeah give the lord praise for that which comes from the lord who is the spirit you know i'm just going to i'm just going to I'm just going to mash it all together here. I'm just going to mash it because we're at 1210. God is talking about his glory. He's talking about his presence. God's glory represents his presence. That is the difference. That is the difference. When God comes into our life, he changes us. When he calls us into the ministry and he anoints us with gifts, that comes because of his presence that is in our life. And there is an an increase. There is an increase. Maybe you weren't a preacher, but when God calls you to be a preacher, guess what you become? A preacher. You become a preacher. Why? Because the preacher comes inside of you. The one that declares, proclaims, the one who wrote the word of God comes inside of you. And that is glorious. And see, this thing in Christ, this thing of Metro Praise in Christ, this thing in NOLA, All Nations Fellowship, this thing is not meant to be static or stagnant, it's meant to ever increase. Ever increase that means growing, 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 taking new land, building new churches, seeing more people saved. I remember when Pastor Joe called me and he was wondering about what he was going to do. And right there in that moment, God was saying, Build the church. Was there a church there? No, there was an apartment. I don't think you were even married then. Were you married then? He was single. God gave him a wife. God gave him a church. Glory to God. And look, we are in the body of Christ right now, and it's glorious. Why? Because Jesus Christ is in this place. And there is a sense here of what God is going to do. There's an ever-increasing glory. There's an ever-increasing manifestation of His presence. And what comes or what follows because of God's presence, therefore, is ever-increasing. Do we have an example? You're sitting in the example. You saw the example. You shook hands with the example because it's not with the letter. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And Paul said in another place, he says, listen, when I came from Jerusalem, they didn't give me papers to say I had the authority to preach from you. No, you're my letters, read by everyone. You shook hands. You shook hands this morning. You shook hands this morning with the letters written Woo! Yes! You shook hands this morning with the evidence that God's glory, Pastor Joe, is ever increasing. Now, you told me a statistic. Let's see, it was what, how many months ago? There was
5: like, how many in discipleship? In May, we had 84 disciples. Last month, 100. Last month, a 100.
6: Eighty-four to hundred, ever-increasing. Pastor Joe, I remember when you didn't have nobody. You just had the call of God. You didn't even have your wife then. When we were on the phone, you were calling me. I was in an airport. What am I going to do, Pastor? God spoke to him. He planted a church. God spoke to him again. He started this discipleship path. These books, that's ever-increasing glory that came out of the heart of God. These disciples came out of the heart of God. I remember some of them when they were in the when they, we would have these meetings and uh, the thing was turned around and we had uh, you know every, you know we were praying for people. I remember all those days. I remember the first time coming here. It was, and there was a lot of young people and a lot of you that are in here were there. You guys remember that, right? You guys were just like wet behind the ears teenagers, wondering what was going to happen. And you guys now are rocking the world. Yeah, you're rocking the world. You're rocking the world for Jesus. That is evidence of the ever-increasing glory. I remember when Brother Pastor Ish was the whole band. He had like a cymbals between his legs. And he was praying and then singing at the same time. Not really. I'm joking. But I mean, almost. You know that's true. Almost, you know. You see those guys out looking for a coin and they're playing the guitar and heating on a drum and like singing and looking for quarters, you know? Pastor, yeah, that was good times. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ever increasing glory. That's the mark of God's presence. The mark of God's presence. God Himself, who is infinite. Do we know everything about God? We don't. We don't know everything. Is there more to know? Yes. 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 Is there more to experience in Christ? Yes. 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 We are that temple. We are that place where God comes to dwell. And his presence changes our lives transforms us, conforms us who we're trying to look like are we just trying to look like some man or woman? No, we're trying to be like Jesus God who is that spirit God who is that spirit so that we can be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ whoever is in Christ meaning that Christ is in them the Bible says they are a new creation New creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I remember when some of you guys got saved. New creations. And then some of you standing up here today answering the call of God to ministry. Answering the call of God to ministry. That's the ever-increasing glory. It's the manifestation of God. Himself in us, through us, and to the world. To the world. Let's stand together. Jesus, we thank you. Let's get our piano player back up here. Come on. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. This morning... As we just bow our hearts before God, Pastor Berto, he made a plea this morning that if Jesus Christ is not your Lord, I'm not talking about religion. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about an encounter with God. Is God Himself living inside your heart? Did you wake up this morning and know that? Did you come here this morning? You may have come just to watch some people get a certificate, but no. See, God's in this place, and he's here to meet with you. He's here to meet with you, change your life. He changed my life over 32 years ago. Christ came into my life, and I've been serving the Lord ever since. This morning, you say, "I want to surrender to Jesus Christ and have Him come into my life and transform my life." If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hand. Just lift your hand. Come on. Yes. Anyone else? Come on. Lift. Keep it up there. Keep it up there. See, I need Jesus this morning to come in and change my life. Come on. Lift your hand up there this morning. Come on. I want the elders and the pastoral elders to come up here in the front. Come on. This morning. Come on, let's make a line right across the front here. Jesus. There's quite a few hands that came up. Jesus said this, that we needed to acknowledge him before men if we're going to be acknowledged by him to his father. You lifted your hand this morning. If it's real, I want you to come up and stand by one of these pastors. We want to pray with you this morning. There was a bunch of hands. Come on, come on up. Come on up right now. Let's give them a hand as they come. Come on up this morning. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get by one of these pastors here. this morning. Come on. Just each one of you come by one of these pastors. Come on up, brother. Come on. Find it, brother. There were several other hands that lifted up. Come on, just... We all did this. We all did this. Come on, other hands. Come on up. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray, God, this morning for boldness, God. For boldness, God, that we don't allow our personal feelings, God, to come between us and what you want to do in our life, God, right now, this morning. God, we pray right now, Lord God, that you... Lord, that those that lifted up their hands that are not down here right now, Father, Lord, that you would just give them the courage to walk forward, Lord God. To see, Lord, that it's just a footstep between life and death. Just a footstep between life and death. Lord God, we just pray, God, this morning for the boldness. This morning, I want to open up these altars if you need prayer for healing. The Word of God says, I am the Lord God that healeth thee. I am the Lord God that healeth thee. If you need prayer for sickness, come on, some of these elders are going to lay hands. The Word of God says this, if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, anointing with oil, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Come on, if you need prayer. This morning, I'm going to open up these altars for prayer this morning. For whatever you need, there's elders right up here to pray with you this morning. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Joe.